Welcome to another episode of Mission Compliance, Unleashing Growth Potential for Defense Contractors. In today's episode, we continue down the road of understanding CMMC, its regulations, and controls. Up next is AC.L2-3.1.8, Limit Unsuccessful Logon Attempts. We'll break down what this control means, why it matters, and how it impacts your organization's cybersecurity posture. We'll also provide practical insights and strategies for achieving compliance and securing your systems effectively. So whether you're a defense contractor aiming to win more contracts or simply someone interested in bolstering your cybersecurity knowledge, you're in the right place. Get her done. We're joined once again today by Mike Frieder, president of On-Call Compliance Solutions and a CMMC professional assessor. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, always a pleasure, Roman. So, Mike, this week we're we're taking it back to the basics, and and with 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 some of these controls, you know, they they tend to overlap. When I was going back and looking at the last control episode that we did, we talked a little bit about logon attempts and this kind of thing. So so we're we're focusing in on logon attempts now, and we're taking it back to the basics as, as far as cybersecurity for this one. And we're talking about limiting the number of logon attempts. So why is it important to limit the number of times a potential user can attempt to log in in a single session? Yeah, great, great question. And you know what, Roman? I think this control is a great segue into a couple of different points. So why is it important to answer that question? Well, because that is the great way that most attacks happen is through some sort of a brute force password attack where a, an attacker is able to try over and over again to log into an account. And ultimately, if there is no limit on the number of times they can try, they will eventually get it. They can try millions and millions of times and through common hacking tools. I mean, stuff like Jack the Ripper, stuff that you can literally, if you want to know how to hack any password, go to YouTube and search for hack a password. And there are brute force password attack tools that a, an eight-year-old could figure out how to use. It is really frightening. So the, the first thing is, is that this is the number one absolute best defense against your system being infiltrated by an outsider is to limit the number of times that they can even log in with a bad login attempt. Ideally, when you limit this, it should trigger that an, an actual IT person has to look at what happened and unlock the account for someone to be able to get in, usually with a password change. That's the best practice, but the control is simply to limit unsuccessful login attempts so they're not unlimited. Now, um, I want to see what other questions you have, but man, I've got some really, really great stories. But there's one other aspect of this before we get into that that I really, I just want to hit on, which is if you look at the sequence of the controls, and I'll just give you like the last one, for example, right? 3.1.7, prevent non-privileged users from executing privileged functions and audit the execution of such functions. So that's what a user can do. And then it leads you to 3.1.8, limit unsuccessful logon attempts, which is how a person gets into a privileged account. What's really wild to me is if you actually really look at the way the controls are laid out, they're laid out in these control families, what NIST actually is doing is they're kind of telling a story. 
And this is a really wild, you know, we don't need to make it into an Area 51 conspiracy or anything. But what I believe that these folks actually did is they essentially laid out how do most attacks happen or how do attacks happen? And they arrange the controls in such a way that you can actually walk through how an attack happens and prevent it step by step. This is really wild. Nobody talks about this when it comes to NIST, SPA, Hunter 171. Nobody really has like, I guess, driven into it as far as we have, other than the people that created it. And, you know, I've found these little patterns between controls. There's usually a relationship between the control before and after it uh, in a lot of cases. And if we look at the, if we look at the control that comes after this, the next one is provide privacy and security notices consistent with applicable CUI rules. The idea is, hey, listen, when a user logs in, then what's happening? And a lot of these controls really are focusing in on the end result of that. And so um, 3.1.8 is just so, so incredibly important, but it also helps to tell the story of how attacks happen. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think I think limiting the number of logon attempts is is one of the most rudimentary and and crucial things you can do as far as cybersecurity within your company. Uh, so you touched on a little bit, but but what are the key assessment points that an assessor will be looking for on this one? Yeah, so there's two assessment points that an assessor is going to look for on this one. Number one is determining if the means of limiting unsuccessful logon attempts is defined. In other words, do we have some kind of a policy or a mechanism that makes it so that someone can't just continue to try unlimited? Um, for Windows systems, this is really easy, right? This is defined within group policy. Uh, I think it's incredibly important to know that especially older versions of Windows Server do not have this set up. This is not a default setting, but it should be around five unsuccessful logon attempts. Some people limit it to three, some people have more. Your users are once in a while going to fat finger a, a password, so that part's not really unusual. Uh, you should allow for some, but you know, the default policy in a lot of Windows Server operating environments is an unlimited number of attempts, and that is unbelievably dangerous. Um, so dangerous. So uh, the second assessment point is determine if the defined means of limiting unsuccessful logon attempts is implemented, aka is your group policy actually implemented? Is it enforced? Is it linked? Um, I can't count the sheer number of times I've reviewed group policy for clients only to go in and look and find out that that policy was created. Maybe it was even hooked up to the right group, but then it wasn't enforced or it wasn't linked and enforced. Uh, if you're an IT admin and it's been a while since you looked at group policies, I would really, really encourage you to go and look at group policy. It only takes a few minutes and actually make sure that these policies are enforced because it's a travesty when you've got the right policies written and you didn't enforce them. And it's just not intuitive to go back after it's done, hit the right click and hit enforce or hit the right click, you know, and move it where it needs to be. Some people think they just create the group policy and they don't know that they have to, you know, go drag in and associate it with whatever uh, organizational units or security groups they want to apply it to. So uh, I just would really highly encourage you to do that. Um, and if, you, if you're not feeling good about this and, and a lot of other compliance stuff, you know, reach out to us. Uh, I tell you what, we charge less for defense contractors to do a full-blown gap analysis and prep for NIST SP-8171, DFAR, CMMC, than most really good cybersecurity firms charge to just do uh, you know, a best practices gap analysis. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that. We do that on purpose. We do a lot of volume. Uh, we have a lot of really expert teams 
Uh, we're a little bit bigger company, and so we pass on that economy of scale when it comes to defense contractors. Um, I, I just, I really want to emphasize that because let me tell you what, when we go into banks, right, when we go into law, large law firms, um, large medical groups, let me tell you what, it's 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 not it's not as inexpensive as it is for for the defense industry. We really try to take great care of of our defense contractors, uh, and you know, again, there's just a different set of requirements here that's very well defined. You know, in medical and legal, it's a little bit less regulated. And there's a lot more that we have to look at in some cases. So um, it's all about the basics. Yeah, you know, I was reminded about that in our business just recently. We were just talking in in a meeting this morning about how as we continue to scale our business up, we have to make sure that we're doing the best practices and fundamentals because those basic best practices are where are going to hold us back. It's not something fancy. It's not you know, some crazy new system we have to put in place. It's just making sure that we did the same things when we're larger that we did when we were smaller that made us effective. And, um, you know, it's just, it's the same thing with cybersecurity. You have to continuously go back and vigilantly check those controls to make sure that they are going. So the next question I have on here, I, you know, I'm not going to ask you because the normally with these, with these control ones, it's like, you know, what's, what challenges may an organization face, but, you know, lim limiting as far as, as far as cybersecurity, limiting the number of logon attempts is about as straightforward as, as it comes. So I wouldn't imagine there being a ton of challenges per se when implementing that, but you did tell us uh, at the top that you had a, that you had a story or two regarding this control. So why don't you take it away? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really tricky control and it's one of the things that I love about the fact that they mandate that contractors follow this compliance standard because what it really does is it forces best practices on IT teams and the challenge with IT is it's fully it's completely unregulated every system is different and so you just may not really understand what's important right like there's no red flags that tell you like hey it's a big red flag if you don't do x and in this case 3.1.8 is a giant red flag about this particular setting amongst any system. And by the way, not just limited to Windows systems, but any system, right? QuickBooks, whatever. You should always have the ability to limit unsuccessful logon attempts. Um, time after time, when we go in and we do all of our network documentation, we do an internal penetration test, we usually do an external penetration test, we always, in our reports, generate a... Um, anomalous login report. In other words, we have tools that will check for unusual login times by accounts. We have tools to check for good and bad login accounts. So even if you have a SIEM solution, which a lot of people when we first go into a consultation don't have one, we will have a tool that will go and pull that login history from domain servers and things like that, and even other systems. I have numerous times, numerous times, and by the way, it happens with the larger companies too. It's not just small companies. I'm talking large companies with multi-person IT departments, two, three people on IT, um, find that we will go in and we will find accounts that have thousands of bad logins within the last 24 hours. It is absolutely absurd and frightening. And as soon as I see that, uh, you know, and by the way, we do one of those on every one of our consults. Uh, I immediately know that their system is being attacked. There is someone trying to brute force a password in their system. There could already be someone in the system. There could be a runaway script and it could be no big deal. But nonetheless, 
I stop the consultation every single time, all right? And everybody on my team has seen this. I will stop the consultation. I will say, I'll, we will, won't leave here until we're compliant. You need to take time to figure out what that is or just simply shut that machine down. And I cannot tell you the number of times that's happened. I mean, literally probably over 75 times in the last five years, we've done that. Um, this control alone is, in my opinion, worth the time it takes to go through the entirety of the NIST SP-80171 compliance standard and actually implement it and actually apply it. I just, I really, it's one of those things where it's, and again, I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast regularly know, you know, kind of my origin story with this, which was, you know, in, in the beginnings of ransomware, we were trying to sort of look for one standard way that we could know that we were adequately protecting our clients. We applied NIST SP-80171 across the board. We got ransomware to stop for our clients. It just, it's a, it's a huge win. Um, you know, we just, like security issues stopped being an issue. It, it's really wild. Uh, this is one of those audit points where I go, I need to make sure I take adequate time to look through the reports and the documentation because it's very possible that this is where the problem is going to originate. And, um, you know, again, I, we're under NDAs and confidentiality, so I really can't dive very specifically into any stories. But I will tell you is if you do not have a tool that will trigger and send you an alert every time there is a bad login, if you are not regularly looking at a bad login report, you need to implement that into your weekly routine. It is the first sign that someone from outside who is unauthorized is trying to get inside. And um, it is one of the things you must program your SIEM solution to look at. And uh, I just can't emphasize it enough because I know from experience that probably one quarter or one third of the clients that we've ever looked at have had an issue with this. That is a large amount, that is a huge amount. Um, and it makes, I think, 3.1.8 one of the absolute most important controls when it comes to security. Um, and so I, I want to share that with our audience, because if you've never looked at this, uh, I would just really highly encourage you to do so. And it's so important we do it with every single one of our consultations as a part of our risk assessment. Um, and, and again, I think that every client out there, everyone, if they, if everyone who administrates a network should be looking at unsuccessful logon attempts in any system to make sure that they are not being brute forced or that they're not being actively hunted down uh, for inadequate logins. Remember, you can buy legitimate logins online. There may not be a lot you can do about that besides having a SIEM system monitoring for it, but the way those logins get to the internet usually is through a brute force attack that was successful. Um, you know, that, that working account is what they sell. They don't necessarily get there just to do damage. So, um, you know, again, I don't want to go super specific in any particular stories, but what I do want to do is just definitely raise a red flag around this one. It's not just sort of in there for no reason. It's in there because a great majority of systems are at risk for this. Right. And uh, that, again, that's great information. I think this is, as I said earlier, I think it's one of the most important controls out there, one of the most straight uh, forward controls out there. Um but now it's time for at least my favorite part of the podcast and, and our silly question. And I got, I, you know, I got to say, uh, I don't know what was going through my head when I came up with this question, but we're going to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I, I've heard that, that, that during blue man group shows, we're off to a good start. I've heard that during blue man group shows, I've, I've never been myself, but I've heard that if you walk in late, they'll they 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 stop the show and they and they single you out and they'll be like you're late you're late you're late you're late you're late and like in front of everybody 
So my my question in that moment is like, what if after a failed uh, logon attempt, everybody in the office um, goes to the one person that, that failed to log in or they find the person that failed to log in and goes, you're locked out, you're locked out, you're locked out, locked out, locked out. Like, I just I think that would be a, a way to make sure that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. You know, I actually have seen a Blue Man Group show. And number one, I've recommended it. It's really good entertainment. And it is kind of funny that the, uh, the the blue guys will just like stop the show and just start staring at the person. And the best part is the person doesn't really realize they're being stared at. And I think it's a really good, um, it, it's a it's a really good analogy for what this is like, which is a well-functioning system should recognize when someone is late, right? Or in this case, a well-functioning system should alert everybody to the idea that there's a bad long-on attempt. And maybe not every time, but certainly after a certain number of logon attempts, the account should lock, right? Everybody in the IT department should stare at that user, maybe groan a little bit because it's probably the same guy that keeps fat bringing in the password, and they should have to manually intervent. It's it's too risky to not have somebody monitoring, you know, in this case, the audience, right? To see when somebody net new comes in late, which could be a high risk behavior, uh, and take notice and call attention to it. That is what a seam solution does. And so, um, you know, it, it, I think it's just one of those things that it's a really tremendous analogy. Maybe maybe using the Blue Man Group and their sort of notification system for when there's someone who's late to the show is a great analogy for how a seam solution really should work. Uh, you should take notice when there's an unsuccessful logon attempt. Maybe not every one, but certainly if, if there's an account that hits a threshold of bad logins, then there should be attention called to that. Everybody in the audience should be staring at that person. The blue guys, maybe those are your security team, should be looking at that guy to see what's going on. Why is this guy late? What's happening? Is this guy even an authorized member of the audience? Do we need to go tackle this guy and hold him down and get the police to take him away because he's late? I don't know. Uh, but you know, ultimately, that maybe that's like the best way. I might start using that. That might be a really good analogy <laughs> for helping people to understand like what a seam solution does because you, you at the typical rock show, right? Somebody walks in late. It's not really a big deal at a blue man group show. The blue men will take notice of something anomalous or strange going on. And they start staring at it and they call it out and they make an alert. And then the whole audience is looking at it. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, what's going on here? And it's a regular audience member. Okay. We can go back to work. You know, you know, Sometimes you just stumble into something. And uh, I <laughs> I don't know, you know, like I said, I don't know what I was particularly thinking when I thought this would be a good uh, question to put in here. But hey, worked out. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, I'll tell you, in my line of work, it's really hard to help people who don't really understand the value of a seam solution, understand the value of it. What's interesting, though, is that a seam solution is required for 30 to 40% of security functions within NIST SP-800-171. If you're a small business, you're like, what do I need to monitor this for? I'm on the computer. And you don't understand that the reality is there are always things going on in the audience that nobody has a clue about, right? Somebody's checking their phone. Somebody's eating popcorn. Somebody's doing this and that. Those things are always going on in your computer systems. Uh, you know, and look, you I hate to like use a really horrible analogy, but... Sometimes there's a freaking terrorist with a gun sitting in your movie theater. And that does require people to scrutinize and be vigilant about 
who is that's coming in. And unfortunately, I think that, you know, very much like a movie theater or a computer system, look, without a metal detector on your way in, how do you know? And I think the seam solution is like the metal detector. You know, it's very much like every bag going through the airport. You know, I have to fly to, to Denver today to go help out, you know, a client. And I'm going to have to put my bag in the metal detector. Do I look dangerous? No, probably not. I'm your average guy going through the airport. You know, I'll probably be in semi-business business dress uh, and things like that. Um, all I can tell you is, is that I probably don't look really all that sketchy. But they're scanning my backpack anyway to see what's going on inside that packet. And I think that, you know, you could look at airport security very much like a seam solution as well. Sorry, I don't care how safe you look. I'm going to look in your bags. I'm going to x-ray the bag and make sure there's not something that shouldn't be in there in there. And, you know, that's the way that a seam solution works. That's the way real security works. And ultimately, that's also how policies work, which is that everyone that goes through airport security gets scanned. Everybody. That's limiting unsuccessful logon attempts. Anytime there's an issue with somebody getting through security, they get held back and a more intense interview is conducted. And that's very much what like what that is. So yeah, I'll take all the I'll take all the weird questions ever, man. I'll figure out a way because you know what? Those strange questions, you know, or, or silly questions in our case, we try to use those silly questions to one, have a little fun, but two, to make an analogy or, you know, maybe just take an unusual link. Um to try to make this a little bit more real for everybody, because it is so hard to, it's so hard to bring this stuff onto a common sense level because it's not, it's, it's like this imaginary security stuff made up for this imaginary system that only like 5% of people really understand kind of thing. Everybody else is just trying to do their job. So, you know, uh, I think again, it's, it's hugely helpful to, to have some of these off the wall comparisons because they do, I mean, they work. Yeah. You know, we talk about, you know, if anybody just stumbles on this podcast, you know, it could be pretty dry, pretty highbrow if they don't know everything there is to know about cybersecurity. And if they're listening to us, they probably don't. So these these analogies do do help. And this, that's why that's why we keep doing these silly questions, despite how silly and off topic they may be, because like we saw what happened today, you may stumble into uh, into the right thing. So. That's why we're Absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> and that wraps up another great episode of Mission Compliance. We hope our discussion today has provided you with valuable insights, practical strategies, and inspiration to navigate the ever-evolving world of defense. We'd like to thank Mike for joining us today and giving us all that great information on limiting password login attempts. Thanks, Mike. Hey, always a pleasure, Roman. But the conversation doesn't end here. We encourage you to continue exploring these topics and connect with us on our social media channels. Share your thoughts, ask questions, and engage with fellow listeners using the hashtag Mission Compliance Podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you always know when new episodes like this one are released. And we'd really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us to continue to bring you thought-provoking episodes and high-quality content. Join us next time as we delve further into the dynamic world of defense, security, and industry innovation. Until then, take care, stay informed, and make compliance your mission. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.